frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer, Gamble. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. We still have time. We just got to hold on to it, even if it gets messy and hard. Take the good and the bad, for better or worse. Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday, and I'm Brandon. And I'm Lewis. And we are here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. Today, I picked the film from 2020, Wander Darkly, directed by Tara Mealy and starring Sienna Miller and Diego Luna. What's up, Lewis? Not much, dude. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, dude. It's been a good week. Good. It's always weird how we have a conversation before we start, and then as soon as we start recording, we have to pretend like we've only just walked into the same room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so strange. <laughs> it is weird, but for the fans, you know, yeah, they, exactly. they enjoy it. They must enjoy it. This we don't our, know. This is the first interaction they've had with us all day. So Yeah, exactly. But if you guys are enjoying the show, you should definitely let us know because we love hearing from you. A few people have reached out to us and we really appreciate it. Uh, you can hit us up on the social medias at Film Church Radio is our sh- social account name. And yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you think of the show, what you like, what you hate. Um, just... Let us know everything. We want to know it all. Yeah. What <laughs> movies you want us to watch and discuss in yeah. the future. All that exactly. kind of good stuff. Um, so before we get into this movie, we're going to talk, we're going to do um, our quick reviews, which is just, you know, basically what we've been watching this week. Um, I haven't been watching a ton lately, but I did watch yeah. a couple of movies this week. It's getting harder and harder for me. I'm trying to get in a good movie-watching routine. I said that at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, and I'm slowly getting there. But I watched pa- The Power of the Dog nice. on Netflix. Good. I almost went and saw it in theaters, and then I was like, or I could just hit play on Netflix. Yeah. Which yeah, I feel bad about, because we're all about you know the cinema experience here yeah. at Film Church. But yeah, It's tempting. Yeah. So I gave in to The Temptation. And I watched it on Netflix, and I enjoyed it. It was, um, it, it after watching it, I was like, I should have watched that in a theater. It, it's it's a very, um, without giving any spoilers, it's it's a movie that's not. It, it's kind of a slow burn, I guess, and it's yeah. a very thoughtful kind of movie with a lot of nuances. Where you're just the the thing that you have to enjoy about this movie is watching the nuances in these characters and these performances because so much is unsaid yeah. that you have to be t- paying attention to all these little things that, you know, you're kind of putting pieces together in your mind. And and at the end, they don't really confirm anything for you. You have to yeah. kind of just decide for yourself, you know, what you just watched. But, um, yeah, I, I, had, I had this feeling after watching that that I was like, this would probably be really enjoyable on some kind of substance. Yeah, it's it's one of those films that I think ironically demands your undivided attention, which is mm-hmm. really hard when it's on Netflix and streaming at home. Yeah, um, exactly. And I, I totally agree. You know, I watched it on Netflix as well. 
um, and I wish I'd seen it in the cinema, just so that like I could be in it completely and not be distracted yeah. by anything. But yeah, dude, it's it's a crazy film and one that I've like not really stopped thinking about. And I want to yeah. go back and watch it ideally in the cinema, but I know it's you know hitting the end of its theatrical run. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's good. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and then the other movie I watched this week was The United States versus Billie Holiday, which nice. I enjoyed a lot. Um, of course, I don't know that much about Billie Holiday. Yeah. You know, or didn't know that much going into it. So, you know, I just enjoyed it as, you know, for the film it was. The acting was really good and the story was really good. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've had even even like sparser week than you have, Brandon. Um, yeah. I only got a chance to watch one other than the film that we're going to be discussing. Um, I Like I, we mentioned before, I changed jobs, so it's more 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, which is great. But it also means that there's more time for me and my wife to watch TV together. So yeah. a lot of our time is spent catching up on shows and you know watching things that we both like. Um, yeah. But we did manage to watch Singing in the Rain, which I hadn't seen nice. for... Must be about three, four years at this point. Um, wow. And my wife is a huge fan of Gene Kelly. So whenever okay. I want to watch a classic, I'm like, we should watch some Gene Kelly, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we watched Singing in the Rain, and I just, it's just so joyful and fun and like just. Yeah, one. it's always a good one to go to. Like, I, I had actually only seen it for the first time probably like four years ago or so. Yeah. Maybe a little more than that, but it was a movie that. Uh, my girlfriend grew grew up watching, yeah, and was you know finally like you have to watch this and you know yeah. now we've watched it at least two or three times. Yeah, the lampooning of the film industry is just spot yeah. on. It's so it's just <laughs> so great. Like every every note is perfect, and Gene Kelly is just like I was thinking about it the other day. He's the most perfect example of like talent. You know, mm. like. Actors are really good because they can act, but not only can he act, he can sing, he can dance, he can direct. Like, yeah. he's just like the complete entertainer. And anytime he's on the screen, I'm just enthralled. I just love watching him. He could yeah. sit and read the dictionary and I'd buy it and watch it. You know, <laughs> I just think he's wonderful, or he was wonderful. I want to see him sing the dictionary now. Yeah. <laughs> you might have a problem. <laughs> so. This movie that we're talking about today, Wander Darkly, which is on Hulu. It and is. if you haven't seen it, please, please go see it before you listen to us talk about this movie because it is worth watching. Yes. People. I'm glad um, I'm glad you said that. Um I went into this film A, not before you mentioned it, not really of hearing, like I've heard about it before. So yeah. I tried my best not to look at anything before I went into it. And it paid off so well. It's one of yeah. those films that I think the less you know about it when you watch it, the bigger the impact. Yeah, um, definitely. So, like we've said before, if you don't want it spoiled, stop this podcast, go and find it, watch that film. It's an hour and a half. It's not going to take too long. Exactly, yeah. And then you can come straight back and hear us talk about it. Wax lyrical. <laughs> <laughs> um. So going to give you a few more seconds to go yeah. pause this pull up that hulu app yeah. watch this movie or rent it you know it's four bucks digital like do it people come on support these guys yeah 
Well, we can do the summary, like the yeah. the basic IMDb summary, and then talk about who's in it, who directed it, who wrote it, give yes. enough people um, enough time. So uh, the IMDb summary is new parents, Adrian and Mateo, are forced to reckon with a trauma amidst their troubled relationship. They must revisit the memories of their past and unravel haunting truths in order to face their uncertain future. Uh, so this is directed by Tara Mealy, stars Sienna Miller, Diego Luna. Um, and this movie is so good. It's, yeah. it's, an, it's an incredible watch. Um, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I knew that it was, there was a car accident involved. And um, I, I had the opportunity to volunteer at Sundance two years ago. Yeah. Uh, so right before the pandemic hit, it's the, you know, they haven't done an in-person festival since then. Um, there it's Sundance is actually, they're doing the award ceremony for 2022 tonight. Oh, awesome. So that'll be interesting to see. But, um, anyways, so I went to Sundance in, in 2020 and, um, it was, it was through my school, um, as so I was a volunteer, but it was through through my university. And because I was a student, I got a a package with the volunteer thing called the the ignite events. Um, so basically they just had different events set up for up and coming filmmakers and students to come and talk to other filmmakers and listen to people speak and you know, things like that. So one of the events that they were having was uh, basically this this thing where all of these students uh, go in this room, like a big room, mm -hmm. and they break off into groups, and then all these filmmakers come in, and if each a different filmmaker sits with each group, and we can we can sit and like talk to them, ask them questions about their film, or just about you know, how to get your project off the ground, things yeah. like that. Um, and then, you know, we would get like, I forget how long it was, like 10 or 15 minutes with, with the filmmaker, and then they would rotate. So we got to talk to to every filmmaker that came in. That's awesome. And Tara Mealy was one of the filmmakers that we got to talk to, and I had no idea who she was. Yeah. And I had, I had no idea anything about her movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and now in like hindsight, like after watching this movie, I'm just like, oh my God, what did I even say? What did I even ask her? I'm like yeah. <laughs> thinking back, like all these things that I wish I could have asked her and stuff. Um, but but I did ask her a question about, because um, I knew she, one of the things that they had talked about when they introduced her was that this was her second time to have a film in Sundance. And her first time was like, 10 years prior mm -hmm. and she she was at the time she was then in her 40s and at the time I was 29 like about to turn 30 and when I was around 17 or so I had like told myself I'm gonna make a feature by the time I'm 30 yeah so I'm at Sundance turning 30 in a couple of months I haven't made a feature and you know I had, I had been down on myself for a while but Sundance was like a huge opportunity, you know, something that I didn't expect to do anytime soon, you know. Um, so mm -hmm. I, you know, I just asked her the question, like, what, you know, what was it like making your first film? 
you know, getting it off the ground and, and doing it, you know, in your thirties and then not doing another feature for 10 years, which I don't think was actually the case. She's been yeah. working, she's been doing like TV and, and I think she's done other features, just not, you know, once I've gone into Sundance, yeah. but, um, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here cause I can't remember exactly what she said. I wish I could now, but, um, you know, she just basically was like, you know, you, you know, age is just a number. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't put all that pressure on yourself to, to have something done by a certain age. You just have to live your life and, you know, things will take off when they, they take off. A lot of filmmakers yeah. careers don't really take off until later in life, you know? Yeah. And that just kind of opened my eyes a lot to, the perspective I was having on myself and my career and like the possibilities, like realizing, Oh, like even though, you know, I had this expectation that I put on myself of what I was going to do by the time I reached 30, like there's still so much ahead of me, you know, so much opportunity, so much like, like who knows what the future holds, you know, just have to keep, keep trying, not give up and, and, you know, keep putting in the work that's awesome that's so cool and and then after that you know i i i kept thinking about what she said a lot and even months after that i was like i need to look her up and look at her films and stuff yeah and it wasn't until a while later i was like i i couldn't remember her name i couldn't remember what the film was called that that she directed but i knew that there was a car accident involved involved so i just started trying to figure out who this person was that i talked to yeah and then finally found her on IMDb and found the film that she had at Sundance and then put it on my list. And then it's been on my list for a long time. I mean, it's That's been two awesome. years since I went to Sundance, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been waiting a while to watch this and then, um, yeah, I went into it not really knowing anything about it and man, it is a, it is such a good movie. I mean, it is yeah. an emotional roller coaster that you, you know, I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, me neither. And and the storytelling is so good. Like it's su- such an original thing. It's like it's it it was as I was watching it the first time it was opening my eyes to the possibilities of ways you can tell a story and new yeah. ways you can tell a story because I haven't really seen a story told like this before. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, yeah, it was very um different to anything that I'd seen before. I mean, I felt um that I went, like I said, I went into this blind. I didn't really know anything apart from the IMDb summary that I'd looked up. Um, And I felt like a lot of things I projected onto this film, um, personally about like kind of the last few years that I've been going through, not that it's been anything like this. um, Yeah. But not to get into too much detail, when my daughter was born, I started having panic attacks due to the fact that I had to stay alive to look after my yeah. daughter, you know, I had to be there to watch her grow up and stuff like that. So this film hit me like a train. Um, yeah. Especially the last 15, 20 minutes. I mean, I sent you a photo of when it had finished yeah. um, because I was like full, like sobbing at the end of it. Um, Kevin Smith. Yeah. I pulled a Kevin Smith. Yeah. For me to cry at a film, especially in that way, it takes something special. And that's not saying that, you know, I'm, I don't react to things, but I am English, so all my uh, 
emotions are pretty well um, hidden. You know, it takes a lot to make me laugh when I'm watching a film. It takes a lot to make me cry when watching a film. So yeah. the fact that this film made me sob, I was like, there's something special in this film. There's something yeah. that it's tapped into. And I couldn't tell if it was just because it was such a personal experience for me. So that's why I was excited to talk, like, talking to you about it. Um, because like I felt like it was like holding a mirror to, to me. Yeah. yeah. Which was very odd and like a very uncomfortable um, situation at first. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it deals with, it deals with, you know, the after or how to deal with trauma, like how to yeah. deal with a traumatic experience. And, and, and also, like you said, I mean, you're, you know, since having a kid, you're, your perspective, your perspective on life and death changes. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're realizing that, um, you know, life is fragile. Yeah. And what, you know, she apparently her and her, uh, Tara, Tara Mealy, which, uh, she wrote and directed this film, her and her husband were in a car accident, um, and basically she based a lot of the film off of some of her experiences. They granted, you know, she said like they weren't as dramatic as yeah. they're portrayed in the movie. But um basically she just started her she she's kind of said the same thing you're saying is that her pers- her view of life and death changed. She realized how fragile her life yeah. was and how how much that could affect her kids. You know, if she yeah. if she was to pass, um, so yeah, this movie. I mean, it starts off. I mean, it's a it's a romantic film, all right. It's like it's a, it's kind of like a psychological romance, but I would also call it like a time travel romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's a few time travel romance movies like that's a genre that I've like seen before, but. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this isn't exact, it's not exactly time travel, but, um, you know, it's more of just about like memories and stuff, but, um, it starts off and it, you, you get introduced to this couple and, and they're just having like an argument in the beginning. And, you know, it's just kind of like a, a normal drama. And, but then, but to go from like where it started to go from this couple where you're, where you're like, oh, this relationship is over. Yeah. To, to this place by the end where you love them together, you know, you love seeing them together and you want them to, to keep it together. Yeah. It was such a crazy journey to go on. Cause I mean, just from the start of that, I, you know. Like if you watch the first five minutes of this movie, you could not imagine how it could get to that point where these you would want these two people to be together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Man, this it's it's. I thought it would be easier to describe this movie, but is it's it's a little difficult. Yeah. Um, the thing that came to mind, especially about that opening, was that relationship already felt lived in. It felt like they these two characters, and I found out later that um, Sienna Miller and Diego Luna had been friends for a long time, which makes oh, okay. a lot of sense. But this relationship feels so real. It's like, yeah. you know, and the casting is spot on, I think. Um, Sienna Miller from that opening, where she's trying to decide what to wear, you can tell what kind of person she is. 
same with Diego Luna, right? That he was cast for a reason. Um, yeah. And when you see him kind of, you know, in his workshop, in that opening um, scene, and he's very, you know, oh, I didn't know we were going out tonight. I was like, okay, he's the like happy-go-lucky. He'll just, you know, he's kind of just going with the flow and she's the kind of, not uptight, I don't want to say it like that, but um, she's the more rigid, kind of expecting a more traditional lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. And that's kind of how it played out. And the fact that in such a short amount of time, that relationship felt real and those characters felt believable was incredible. Yeah, right off the bat, they're just... There was no, like, I just felt so in the film as soon as it started. You know, there was no, like, there was nothing off about it. You know what I mean? And then, and then when they have an accident and then it starts going into her questioning whether or not she's alive or not. And then the real, the real plot of the movie gets going when, um, when Diego Luna is trying to, she she thinks she's dead, yeah. and he's talking to her, and he's trying to convince her that she's alive. Yeah. So they start. He starts talking about their relationship. I think the first memory that he goes back to is when their child was born, which in the movie their child is about six months old yeah. throughout the story. So he he just he tells her the story of when their child was born because she's even questioning whether or not they even had a kid. Yeah. And he starts going through this memory and the scene, the scene cuts to the memory, you know, like you would normally see in a movie where, you know, it's like a flashback scene. But instead of doing like a normal flashback in the scene, they're, they're having dialogue that's in the present. Yeah. So that's kind of the like time travel thing that I was talking about. It's not obviously time travel. They're having, they're, he's talking about a memory, but the scene, it was such a beautiful like way to do it. You know yeah. that I haven't really mm-hmm. seen before, where they're 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 having dialogue that's from the memory, but that's yeah. also in the present. But they're still in the scene from the past. Yeah, it's that whole thing of, you know, I've seen. I think I've seen it before, where the characters are in, like reacting a memory or reenacting a memory, and they'll pause while the voiceover will argue. It didn't happen like that. It happened like this. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But for this, it's the characters would be like mid-conversation, how it happened, and then one of them would be like, but this isn't how it happened. You left me at this point. Mm-hmm. And like break back into, like I guess, future. The the present. Yeah, see. the present, yeah. And it yeah. was it was one of those where at first it felt a little jarring. I was like, wait, like, where, what, like, is this the after? Like, what is happening? Yeah. But as soon as you like, I don't know, relax into it, I'm like, this story could not have been told any better than that. Yeah. It's such an ingenious way to get these characters to reflect on the past, but also talk about how memories work, what emotions yeah. can do to memories. You know, like his was very kind of rose tinted. It was like, you know, this is, this was perfect. This was our life. And hers were a little bit more like, I mean, as you find out later, um, I assume it was to kind of protect her from the grief that she was feeling. She was trying yeah. to like di- like push him away with these memories by saying he wasn't as great. He wasn't, you know, I wasn't as in love with him as I think. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it was done so well. Yeah. And memories can be like, like that too, where, um, where you remember, like you're, you know, especially if you're talking about 
your relationship with your partner yeah. and you're reflecting on, you know, falling in love and like the, the experiences that you've had together. A lot of times it's, it's, it's the time and place that you can remember, like you can remember the scene and the setting and all of this stuff, but you can't remember exactly like the words, what was said, yeah. the words. Yeah. You can't yeah. remember exactly who said what. And it was cool because, you know, a lot of these scenes where they're flashing back, you know, they're in that time and place, but then they're having dialogue in the present mm-hmm. and there's just a little bit of dialogue from what they can remember of the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just found it so, I don't know what the right word is. The, just so intriguing, yeah. you know, and gripping the whole time. I mean, um, the, the whole time, you know, a lot, a lot of times when the, those scenes were going on, I kept thinking, this is so much to keep track of. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it plays out well when you're watching it as a viewer and it's not, it's not hard to digest yeah. as a viewer, but I can only imagine what it was like on set, you know, keeping track of, all of the dialogue of, of yeah. what's, you know, what dialogue is being said f- from the present and the past yeah. and trying to keep track of what, you know, where the narrative is. Yeah. Um, so like kudos to the actors and yeah, the director sure. for getting all that together and the editors and, and everything um, yeah. had to have been very complicated. Yeah. And then towards the end, it even goes into the future. So it's not, yeah. well, I mean, you find out that it's not the future, but it even goes into like, this is what's going to happen. Um, and they kind of talk about it again, like it's happening, but also as if it's a pipe dream. It's very, it's very odd for this to work. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like it could have so easily have not worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, is like, that. yeah, it could have just... Yeah, there there could have been anything that could have just made this film fall apart, but it's so well done. Yeah, I mean, it just it sticks to the landing like perfectly. Yeah, and I can't, I just can't believe like after watching this, like not hearing anything else I about know. it. You I know? know, I mean, it it did get nominated at Sundance for the Grand Jury Prize um, in 2020, but it didn't win. And then it, 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 it released in December of 2020. So, I mean, COVID was still yeah. going on. I mean, people were trying to get theaters back open. So I, you know, I can only imagine, like, I wonder what, what this film would have done if COVID hadn't happened, but like just to not see it do anything, you yeah. know, yeah. as far as, I mean, not even the Oscars are, you know, the end all be all or anything, but just literally that I like that nobody, yeah, like this seems like such a, almost like a hidden gem, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, seems crazy to me because it's just so damn good. Yeah. You know? I think uh, th- there's like just a few areas that could have been developed a little bit more personally for me. I felt like all the secondary characters were very one dimensional. Yeah. Um, and this is very slight, minor things. I don't think that if they had had any more, if those characters had been fleshed out anymore, it would have added to my enjoyment of the film. And David Lowry's um, released a ghost story a few years before. Uh-huh. And the similarities are there. And I just, I wonder that if a ghost story hadn't have come out or had come out after, if this would have yeah. been more widely um seen 
and maybe appreciate him more. Yeah. You know, because it's those similar kind of themes of like, you know, within the first 20 minutes, I wrote in my notes like, what is worse than death is that knowing you've died and being able to see people react to it. You know, there's a lot of talk about, especially couples that are in love. I don't know if you've seen the Ricky Gervais show Afterlife on Netflix. I haven't watched it, no. Okay. Um, This deals with, like, loss and everything. And his character says, like, I really wish I was the one that had died first so I don't have to go through the grief. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that is the, that's the whole point. Like, if you die first, like, then a loved one, you don't have to deal with the grief, right? But if you have to die know you've died and then watch other people react that must just be the worst thing imaginable and that's a similar kind of theme to a ghost story so i do wonder if that did hinder this release at all i mean maybe i just i mean i've seen ghost story and you know not not to downplay it or anything it's a yeah. great film i mean the performances are great it's it's very well made but like yeah. this is a like to me yes maybe similar themes but like as a film viewing experience, it's totally different. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, like, I don't know. And not that the technical parts of a film, like because a film is more difficult technically that it makes it better or anything, no, but yeah. this film definitely is, was more difficult technically than a ghost. I mean, ghost story is very simple mm-hmm. as, as far as like, I mean, it's a lot of just like the camera doesn't move a ton. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of just like letting the scenes play out and stuff like that um whereas this like the way that that like everything was meticulously planned as far as the transitions between the memories of the scenes and how you know like somebody knocks on the door he opens the door and then they hear the ocean and like the 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 water starts coming in and it like transitions to the beach um when they're walking down the street and he looks up and sees the light flicker and then all of a sudden it's all the lamp posts in this museum yep. and they're having this memory of being in this museum like things like that you know it and it wasn't necessarily showy about it like it no. wasn't like i was noticing them but it wasn't like oh look how cool this is like it fit all the scenes perfectly like it was it was uh benefiting the story it was yeah. contributing to the storytelling you know it wasn't just being there to be like look at this cool transition you know what i mean yeah um i I think the scene or the scenes that remind me of how well this was done was when um sienna miller's character first thinks that she's dead and she kind of she sees like she wakes up in bed and she goes running through the house and then she's suddenly outside in front of the church and it's her funeral and then she chases um diego luna's character mateo into the back and then she's running down the corridor. It then changes to, I think, the hospital, right? Yeah. Or it's like a her mother's house. And then she sees her daughter. And it's just like, it's so well constructed as a film that at no point was I like, mm, that doesn't quite Yeah, work. it feels kind of like a dream, yeah. especially in that scene because it's, it's so well – because, like, when I, you know, I'm, I assume that – people have dreams like i do (laughs) where like you're you're in a you know you can be in a scene and then you have a thought of something and all of a sudden you're the room changes to somewhere completely different without it without you really noticing if that makes sense well i read you just know you're in a different environment yeah i I heard something years ago and i think it was mark como the british film critic that said it that that films are dreams films are like dreams because there's no 
like dreams you just cut to the next thing it's not yeah. you know it's not super it's not like life it's the boring bits are cut out right yeah um so cinema is like a dream as it is you're watching a dream projected um and this film i think did really well with blurring those lines i mean yeah because straight away i was like okay she's dead right and this film is going to be about her seeing her family and friends grow up without her and having to deal with it and then it changes and i'm like is she dead and then i was like yeah okay she's dead and then i was like is she dead and then okay she's dead you know there was a lot of like (laughs) yeah like blurring those lines between just as i thought okay this is you know this seems very real it would be like she'd be in the woodworking shop and then the water would start to lap in i'd be like okay that that's a sign that you know she's in purgatory or whatever or she'd get hit by that car you know so i think it did such a good job at blurring those lines for sure yeah definitely like i i couldn't believe that this movie was only an hour and a half long yeah like in the, I know when we watched Badlands, I was like, "This movie felt so much longer," <laughs> yeah. and this movie also felt longer, but in a good way. Yeah, because I think it's just because you experience, you feel like you experience like an entire lifetime. Yeah, in this film, in yeah. an hour and a half, I, and for a movie to be able to do that, and and you not really notice, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and I just love the fact that these characters were given a chance to kind of, you know, like you said at the beginning, you see them in a, in probably the worst place of their relationship. And just as a heads up, you know, the first year after having a baby is incredibly taxing and hard on a relationship, you know, not saying that Spoilers. me and my wife, <laughs> not saying that me and my wife ever got to this point. Cause we definitely didn't, but you know, lack of sleep and who's going to look after the uh, baby yeah. and like this new responsibility, your whole life changes. So it is, it does take a toll on a relationship um but the fact that we got to then see how they fell in love and kind of how this had progressed to this point really benefited the story i was like yeah you know like you said by the end you're like oh my god please stay together like please you know make this work you know it's yeah it's not a perfect relationship but whose is this isn't like we've said before i think zach mentioned it last week 1940s hollywood you know it's not like a two-day we fell in love our life is going to be happily ever after this is a real lived in relationship and you have to work at it and you're going to have ups and downs and it yeah it portrayed that so well yeah so getting into the ending oh god okay um (laughs) it yeah it uh it it goes somewhere you really don't expect it to go because it it he yeah, you know, there's there's a point in the movie where she's 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 thinking about jumping off the roof, and she she already thinks she's dead anyway, right? Hmm. Um, and he shares a few more memories with her and convinces her to get down, and then um, and then they're they're holding each other, and he says, "Remember when we were married." Or remember when we got married? And this whole time in the film, you you know you they've established that they're not married. There was a chance that there there was a time where he almost proposed and he didn't. You know they already have a baby in a house together. They've just never been married, so this it it's kind of like this long drawn out thing that she's always wanted and yeah. he's just never done it. And so when he says, "Do you remember when 
we got married, you know, it's kind of like him saying, will you marry me? Yeah. And then they go into like their wedding, but it's also kind of like it, the, the way they do it is kind of the way they've been doing the memories where they're kind of, you're not sure if it's really happening or yeah. if it's a memory, you know? Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, you get to this point where I, I, it's going to be hard for me to describe this to people who, who are listening that haven't watched the movie. So I'm yeah. not even going to attempt. Hopefully you've watched the movie, but the, the reveal where, you know, like it, it was just, <laughs> all I can say, like the best way I can describe it is just that it was done so well. Like all the Grim Reaper stuff yeah. that seems a little like sometimes that kind of stuff in movies is just there to be there. Yeah. To be like, ooh, scary. But the fact that they were able to tie that mm-hmm. she tied it into the story so well that that it was, oh, there was actually this homeless man in a yeah. hood that was banging on the window. Like it all had to do like all the things that she was freaking out about, the clock, seeing the clock, like Yeah. All of that stuff just tied back in to her traumatic experience, which yeah. is what what's playing out in this entire movie. And you know, when that realization comes and then she realizes that that he's gone, I mean, it is so devastating yeah. as a viewer. Yeah. And 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 you start, you know, connecting all the dots and man, I just found myself you know, there's there's a scene in the in the beginning when she thinks he's dead, and you think that you're at her funeral, and Diego Luna is up at the the front trying to give a speech, and he just he says like, "This feels so unreal. I wish I could just dip my hands into the sand of the hourglass and change it." Yeah, and like that's exactly what I felt at the end of this movie. I was like, "Nah, just." let them be together. (laughs) Like, let this not be real, you know? Yeah. Um, man, it was intense. Yeah. So yeah, leading on from that. So, um, Diego Luna's character, Mateo, um, is the one that actually dies in the car crash. Um, not Sienna Miller. So her whole time, like Brandon said, is her dealing with the grief of losing her husband, um, and kind of him like walking it towards acceptance, I guess. And like, acknowledgement of that what's happened um that that scene did two things for me the first was that we see his like dying breath which yeah which i was like oh god okay here we go because it's not just like we cut to him and he's kind of like you know the the sheet's being pulled over he's being wheeled away in an ambulance he is like stuck on his steering wheel taking his last breath yeah and then cut to her kind of freaking out at the homeless guy and then when it like the realization hits and she's like i can't breathe i can't breathe like that i was like oh my god here we go this is this is a lot to kind of like process right now um and that wasn't the one that hit me the thing that hit me was something that i don't think um terry mille had to do um but i'm really glad that she did was she showed a few scenes of the aftermath of like the daughter growing up and then like living yeah. their life together. That's the, that those two scenes were the ones that really affected me. Yeah. Um, especially when they got on the boat and she spread, Oh my God, it just, that yeah. was the point that I was like, it destroyed me. Like these two people live in now with the memory of this, with a father and a, you know, a, a husband might as well have been, I know that they weren't married, yeah. but um, 
and kind of living like carrying on like I, I always find the aftermath of grief a lot more interesting than grief itself you know how people yeah. kind of pick themselves up and kind of carry on moving yeah. and and not a lot of films stick around for that you know we see yeah. the grief and then we see six months later i'm fine you know whereas yeah. this was like they are still obviously dealing with it years later yeah um and that really affected me yeah but there was so many yeah. points in this where i was just like i'm so glad you did that i'm so glad this story went this direction you know um because there was a point in the middle where i was like where where are we going you know what is like yeah. if they're both alive and this is kind of just for them to get married i'll be like nah you know okay yeah but i think it needed that emotional payoff at the end and yeah. um and as i said before i've stopped trying to outguess films um mm-hmm. and even though i did have a inkling as we got towards that scene especially when she woke up to go to the hospital and he wasn't there he just kind of disappeared overnight that was like okay he might be dead you know yeah um but yeah it still hits yeah i mean i rewatched it again this morning um yeah. and it it was very interesting to watch again because you know obviously knowing the twist of the end and rewatching it is a different experience but okay. it's oh man like everything it's just perfect like the, yeah. it's just so <laughs> It was so well crafted. Like, I can't, I can't get over how, because because it's such a complicated thing to pull off. It feels mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and the fact that they pulled it off so well yeah. is just incredible to me. Um, Sienna Miller's acting, wow, yeah, I can't like overstate how good it is because she's she's able to show like such tragic emotions mm-hmm. but then also like in the memory scenes show like this playful happiness you know yeah uh, this other personality that she has like her ability to to switch from the different emotions of these characters and the different things that she goes through it's it's incredible to watch i mean yeah um yeah yeah i think and, yeah, her and um, Diego Luna just, you know, carry this film. Like I said, the other characters don't really have too much time to kind of develop past, um, I guess, you know, just a name. It's just like grandma. It's yeah. like grandpa, well, even, the friend. Even, even the Sienna Miller and Diego Luna, they're Adrian and Mateo. Like, they don't have last names. Yeah. You know, like all the, none of the characters have last names yeah. in the movie, which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really needed, you know. Yeah. Like it's a very, it's a very intimate story of, you know, it's really just about these two people and their their kid. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. So I don't know if it would have added anything, but I I did feel that I don't know, like the the father in law. Like he's definitely the most, like background character. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. I feel like he would have had a little, I don't know. Yeah, a little more, maybe, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't so much that it that it ruined the movie for me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I don't think, like I said, it it could have just been those two on screen. I mean, it pretty much was, but it like it yeah. didn't really need anyone else to add to it. I mean, again, you know, I know it's their story, but I think they they did lose sight of the daughter 
a little bit in mm-hmm. the in the second half. Um, you know, because it does the flashbacks do start with the hospital and like that kind of stuff. But then as it moves towards their relationship, um, we just really hear her crying a little bit more. Um, but like I said, this, these are like very minor points. They're not criticisms. It's just you know to turn this yeah. from a four to a five star or from a you know an eight out of yeah. ten to a ten out of ten. It's not. Yeah. And um, and to say that you know they do have to carry it. They do a phenomenal job. Yeah, I mean they're both incredible. Diego Luna is is also amazing. Um, of course, everybody knows him from Rogue One. I'm sure yeah. he's got his new Cassian show coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sienna Miller, I didn't, you know, I, I've seen some of the movies she's in, yeah. but I've never, you know, this is the first time I've ever been like, oh my god, she's awesome. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I don't think that then, I've ever seen a carrier film like this before. I think that's the difference. Yeah. I've seen her play parts in films, um, yeah. but to you know be in every single scene. Mm-hmm. And to convincingly sell this character, yeah, I don't know who else could have done as like better, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just looking up uh, a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff, it it seemed like uh, Tara Mealy had both of them in mind for the parts yeah. when she was was coming up with the story. She apparently had pictures of them in her lookbook when she was like trying to get financing That's and stuff, great. which is funny. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that Sienna Miller played Tippi Hedren in an Alfred Hitchcock, well, not not biopic, but a film ab- about the making yeah. of birds, I guess, mm-hmm. the birds. Um, yeah, I saw that and I was like, what the heck? And then I sent you the trailer. You're like, oh, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was a BBC um, like production years ago. I know that Toby Jones um, did a really good job at like – portraying the dark side of Hitchcock yeah Um, you know Anthony Hopkins again did a really great job as well but the birds was kind of I feel a little bit more free accurate yeah it was able to tell the story in a bit of a less Hollywood style Mm, um but yeah she's I mean she's great in that too Uh, it just made me want to go back and rewatch it but like you said it is an actress that I don't think I've been paying enough attention to at this point yeah um but now I want to be sitting up. And Diego Luna, I mean, he just he just has that um just like young, carefree air about him. Yeah. You know, you just like I said, he's just the perfect casting for that character because as soon as you see him, you're like, I I know this character. Yeah. And that's sometimes that can be a negative, but I think for this it works really, really well. But then yeah. again, in Rogue One, he's completely different. He's not he's not this character, he's more regimented, you know. Um, it's quite funny because when we did our top five of the year a few episodes ago, um, last I, I kind of knocked it off the list at the last minute. Not saying that it was terrible; it was really, really good. But just there was four of us, five of us that I preferred, and that was Y two Mama Tambian. Which one? Y two Mama Tambian. I'm probably okay. um, absolutely oh, yeah, butchering yeah, that I'm... title. Is he in that? He is. So he's one of the teenage boys. Okay. Um. And and it that is really good. Um, that is um, who directed that? It's um, Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but for me, it was like the character he plays in that film could easily have been um, 
Mateo in this film. It could have been like really? the same character through. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- I feel like, I mean, obviously the actors did an incredible job and, and were perfect for yeah. the roles, but the costumes also, mm-hmm. I feel like, did a lot for this movie, which is something I don't normally notice, especially for, you know, a film where people are wearing like modern clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, it's not like they're doing like set pieces or whatever. Yeah. But, but he, you know, he just has that like, normal guy yeah. kind of thing like he's he's like almost wearing the same thing in every scene he just has yeah. like jeans and like this you know work shirt on and yeah. and then her clothes are like they're always like bright and fun and like i don't know that they just fit the characters so well yeah uh, you know and so i think that contributed a lot to yeah. to breathing life into those characters as well yeah and she wears a nirvana shirt which yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. You're a big Nirvana fan. Yeah. I can see why Mateo fell in love with her. She was wearing yeah. that t shirt. So, um, <laughs> but can she name a track, Brandon? That's what I want to know. I just need an end credit scene of her being like, okay, here's Bleach side A and just listing <laughs> them all because I can be like, cool, as long as you know them. <laughs> um, but I mean, leading on from that, kind of the unsung heroes, the music. That was one of the first notes I wrote down was how it wasn't intrusive. It was just kind of, it just added to the piece. You know, there wasn't yeah, a point exactly. where it was like, da, 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 or anything right. like that. It exactly. Was, yeah, that that was kind of my my thought about a lot of this film. Yeah. Was that it was like, it was so, it was done so well. You know, the editing, the yeah. the cinematography, the way everything cuts together, the music, but it's not showy about it. Like it's not, it, like there's nobody, like there was nothing in there to try to be like, oh, look at this shot. Yeah. Oh, listen to this music. Oh, you know, like everything was contributing to the narrative. Exactly. And it wasn't too, I mean, especially with, you know, people do Hollywood films, they're like, you should be feeling this emotion right now. Yeah. And here it was like, we're going to let you make up your own mind. You know, if you yeah. like, and that, if anything, that affected me more. Because I yeah. like the this the film wasn't telling me how to feel. I could let my emotions come out. Because like I said before, when they find out that it's him that has that has died, you know, I I I didn't feel like I was gonna cry. I was like, you know, this is sad. Um but in any other film it would have been like a long, you know, stretched out kind of, you know, musical yeah. score. She would have been like walking around the freeway, like falling into things and you know, crying herself, but instead it was just like, yeah, we're going to see these people react like people. Yeah. And, and rewatching it and knowing that he's passed and that like these reactions she's having is like due to trauma. Yeah. Like watching her run through the hospital when she thinks that it's, that she's pretending that it's her that died, you know, obviously like going back, it's like, she's pretending that it's her that that died. It's just like, I started getting emotional in those scenes, Mm rewatching it, knowing what's really happening yeah you know what i mean it's it's an intense movie yes intense and i think that that, you know on the surface it's it's just about grief it's about dealing with losing a loved one and kind of i guess their last moments not being as great as you want them to be yeah but it's also about dealing with you know trauma 
and not yeah. trauma related to grief. You know, a lot of the things that she sees in her memories, I know they're to do with like he died in the same accident, but it's things that happened to her. It's somebody trying to get in through the window to get her out to save her. Yeah. Um, probably knowing that the last thing she said to her boyfriend was like, I don't think I'm very happy anymore. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, there's so much to it. And I, I'm, I'm really glad you watched it twice. Cause I really wanted to know kind of how it what is it on a second like, view. And yeah. yeah, if it still has the same emo- like emotional punch or not, cause I don't think I can bring myself to watch it again anytime soon. Not that yeah. it's terrible, but just, it you know it was it, it was a, it was a hard intense, watch yeah yeah it's an intensely emotional experience i mean like i said it's like you're it's like going through a lifetime in an hour yeah. and a half yeah and it's like you can't do that every day yeah yeah <laughs> you know you know looking i i did watch a couple of interviews um with um with the director and the the two lead actors you know at sundance and then they did you know some press afterwards and stuff um, you know, Tara, she, she talks a lot about, well, she, she, she mentioned in one interview that, you know, even though I think she said this was her fourth feature, that it feels like kind of her first because <laughs> she's, you know, writing and directing and she's, you know, that's, it's yeah. like her baby yeah and she's kind of a, been a director for hire, um, which I, which I thought was interesting. And then also that, um, she, they hired a lot of female crew good to make this movie like it was mostly female crew and she um she said that a lot of times men get hired for their potential whereas women get hired for their like the work that the previous work that they've done um like in terms of you know film crews anyway yeah and so she tried to hire women for their potential on this film. So, um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I don't, it's just crazy to me, man, that, that this, yeah, that not that this movie didn't do anything else. I mean, there, there is, um, so about a year ago, there was an article in variety saying that Apple TV plus is in final negotiations for a film titled carry and me, which, uh, is a film adapted from, the memoir that Carol, Carol Burnett wrote, or it's her memoir. I don't know mm-hmm. if she, I mean, I guess she wrote it, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, it's about her. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Hold on. Yeah. Carol Burnett's best-selling memoir about her daughter, Carrie Hamilton. Okay. So I don't know anything about her daughter, no, you know but, uh, <laughs> I when I first saw this I thought it was a, a like a memoir about Carol Burnett, but yeah. her name's not Carrie, so <laughs> or I guess I mean Carrie and me, so I guess it's Carol and her yeah. daughter. Yeah, okay, Carrie, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like just not putting this together. Um I anyways. Done it yeah, I would <laughs> Uh, but this article came out a year ago, and but basically saying that Tara Mealy is supposed to write and direct the project. Awesome. Um and it's produced by Apple Studios and uh, Tina Fey. Awesome. Um, so hopefully that's happening. I mean, this came out a year ago, yeah. and I, you know, I don't see any other articles about it. I assume that maybe they're in production. Yeah. You know, and that that's coming soon. Hopefully, because that would be a huge win for Tara, obviously, and um, 
you know, this movie, I mean, I couldn't find, for, for Wander Darkly, I couldn't find anything about the budget yeah. or anything like that. I'm, I'm really curious what this was made for. It sounds like it was made for very little money. I yeah. mean, she, in one of the interviews, she was saying that that scene where she, you know, it's towards the end and she, she sees the place where they had the wreck and then she goes to talk to the homeless man who saved her and she's putting together what happened. Apparently they only had something like a minute and a half to shoot that. Oh my God. Because they couldn't shut down the street and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, because they just didn't have the money for it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it like, <laughs> that's another thing. Like for someone to have, like it had to have been less than $5 million. I would oh, imagine. Yeah. Um, probably way less, mm-hmm. but yeah, to do something this incredible to pull it off and for like no money. Yeah. It's just, it's great. I love yeah. it. And I love the, the, the characters that are presented in the, like you said about the, the women behind the camera um, that she hired. It's, it's such a progressive without me. I don't, not that I think that was like intentional. You see, I know you see a lot of films at the moment that, are, you know, they're just kind of, I hate to say it, but ticking boxes. It's like, I think about yeah. the new How I Met Your Father, the How I Met Your Mother spinoff. Yeah. Like, like everybody's hey. trying to, they, they think that like, you yeah. know, being like the being progressive is somehow like marketable or something. Yeah. They're not, they're not doing it because they actually believe in positive change. Yeah. They're doing well, it because it's like the trendy thing to do. Whereas like, it feels like this is someone who is, is out there doing the work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's, it, you know, these characters aren't defined by race, gender, situation, economic, you know, whatever. I mean, the only thing I think that it comes into play is when Mateo is, um, when that other, when the kind of the girl is flirting with Mateo and she speaks in Spanish for a second. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it kind of, it just adds to the fact that um, Adriana is like alienated away from this. She feels on the outside of their relationship. Yeah. And that's the only time that I feel like it ever comes into play. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not, a point and i know i read well i, I watched something online because i wanted to you know listen to her talk about this film and she said you know i grow up well i not that grow up that she lives in la all of her friends are of different races she's like that's just what i'm around this is like my life is that I, i'm not yeah. you know just hanging out with white people all the time and yeah it's we need more of this yeah like unintent, I don't want to say unintentional, but just characters that are not defined by race. Yeah, is the best way to put it. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Like, and I hope that like this this film will find its audience and its its life, and and it kind of has to some degree. I'm I'm sure, yeah. but um, you know, at least it's on Hulu. At least it's out there somewhere. Um, God bless Hulu. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it seems like they have a lot of good like a lot of the good indie stuff. A lot of the stuff that came out of Sundance is on there. Um I mean there is stuff on, on Netflix and Amazon Prime as well. Uh but Yeah, Hulu seems to have a the... deal with some I think it might be with some dance, I'm not sure, but they have a deal with some independent, especially American um festival so they can show the films on Hulu. 
that's one of okay. I can remember reading that ages ago. I don't know if okay. that's still going on, um, but I, I tend to find you know the kind of the more um, well known indie films. I guess is one way to put it on Hulu. So yeah, 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 man. Um, yeah, but I'm gonna say if you go and follow us on Instagram, you might get the chance to see the photo I sent Brandon of me sobbing uncontrollably <laughs> at the end of this movie. Um, yes, give us a follow at Film Church Radio. Please. I feel <laughs> I feel that um, I couldn't justify my emotions with words, so I had to send you that photo straight away and just be like, "Just heads up, I am very <laughs> sad right now." <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah i'm glad we watched it though it was um, me too man it was good it helped me it work work through some of my problems i think yeah that's good yeah just i feel like i mean we're just in january dude and just this i love this podcast so much like just to you know we're just at the end of january like we just started yeah. and i just feel so rich with films mm -hmm. you know already i'm like yeah. i'm i'm like oh, i already got my list of five films for the end of the year <laughs> yeah i know it's so great um yeah man this has been a lot of fun yeah for sure dude yeah i'm i'm trying to see if there was anything else to talk about like i'm really glad that vanessa bayer was in it i love vanessa bayer she's she was the friend um oh yeah she yeah. was like her friend yeah, yeah yeah she's um she's in this show i think you should leave mm -hmm. on netflix yeah and she's <laughs> massive part of snl i always enjoyed her on snl she was oh, okay always super reliable so um yeah. whenever i saw Vin when i saw vanessa i was like cool casting's good yeah. you know this is a good person not that she had a lot of lines but um, yeah it's just good seeing her on screen yeah definitely um yeah, there wasn't a ton of comedy in this movie, obviously, but there was one part where yeah. I laughed, and it was that same scene you were talking about with Shay, where she speaks in Spanish, <laughs> and then when she's leaving, she puts her arms on, yeah. on Mateo, and she's like, I love you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that kind of taps back into like remembering like the memory part, because obviously... That's probably not something that she really said when she was there, but she's just projecting like, oh, she's just like totally in love with my boyfriend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only part I can remember actually laughing. Yeah, it's not full of laughs, I don't think. No. Um, but I that's not the point either. I do want to say that the last thing that I want to say is that the scene where they're in the water and... Like, there's just so much to it that once I kind of start thinking about it, it kind of starts to make a lot more sense. Like, they're in the water, and he's like, I was going to propose to you right here. And she was like, why didn't you? And then she starts to see the oil from the car in the water, and she, like, mm. feels like she's on it. And it just, like, now, looking back, and I'm just like, it, it's, ob like, not obviously, but it seems like that was her coming closer to the realization that he's died coming closer to that moment of like you know i did love you and now you're gone but she was like yeah. pushing it away and rejecting it yeah and i feel like that happened so much but that was just so beautifully done just that whole like scene on that the boat scene. and then in the water yeah 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 there was so much you know speaking of watching it again you know for a second time 
because you're so blown away by the ending of this film, there's a lot that you forget immediately because you can't stop thinking about the end of the movie and what it means. Mm -hmm. And, you know, rewatching it, there was just so much that was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this scene. This was beautiful. Oh, I forgot about this scene. This was beautiful. Um, I forgot about the night of the living dead scene like (laughs) completely until I rewatched it. Like, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, there's a lot there mm-hmm. that that's that can be enjoyed and and gone through and continued, yeah, to be gone through. But I can't wait to see what all of these people who were involved in yeah. this film do next. I, mean, I, I bet, cannot wait. And I think to say that it was the first time, Terra Milo, like writing and directing, it is such a full vision. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what she does next for sure. Yeah, and um, you know, I followed her on Twitter. So hopefully there'll be some announcements soon and something we can get excited yeah. about. Um, but maybe this is our first champion filmmaker, Brandon, for the pod. Yeah, man. <laughs> Go Tara! Go Tara! <laughs> Planting that flag early. Yes. <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah, dude. I think we all... came to the end of the show, yeah. folks. That's all the notes um, I've got. A little bit less destroyed than I was when I watched the film coming to the end of the show. You know, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's therapy. I'm getting it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, everybody, again, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at Film Church Radio. Uh, you can follow us individually on Letterboxd. Uh, mine is at Selmanscope and Lewis is at Walker Lewis 3007. Uh, there you can keep up with what we've been watching because um, we log our films and you can see what we rate things, what we're watching next, what's on our watch list. You can recommend stuff to us. Um, yeah, and then obviously listen to all of our back episodes if you haven't had a chance to yet. Um, if you got any films that you want us to see, just send it to our social media channels. If you got any messages for us, comments, anything like that. And, um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we appreciate it. All right, dude. Do you want me to tell you what we're going to watch next week? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. I'm just leaving Sorry. you in suspense. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I was ready for you to do the closing quote, and then I've totally forgot about the next week. I don't even care. This is the end of the yeah. This is the last episode. I'm, so I'm just Mateo to you now. Yes. You've just accepted that I'm not going to be here next week. Exactly. You're going to go and spread my pod ashes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. I was just getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. What are we watching, dude? So um, there's been a few reasons why I picked this film. So the okay. first is that... Um, it's a film that I absolutely love and I had a look and I know that it's on your to watch list. Okay. Um, and I've been wanting to have a reason to revisit it. And okay. I feel like this person at the moment is having a bit of a renaissance. Um, there's two new books coming out about him. Um, one of which I got the other day and that um, a lot of people are talking about just how incredible he was. Um, so the film that we are going to be watching for next week, Brandon, <laughs> is 1924's Sherlock Jr., directed and starring Ah, Buster Keaton, one of my cinematic heroes, a film I've seen a few times but not for a while. And, I mean, 
he i don't want to say too much but yeah don't don't say too much i mean yeah. i've seen um oh my gosh what did i watch this last summer the one with the train oh yeah the general yeah the general i mm-hmm. watched that this last summer i think it was yeah and and um yeah i took this comedy film course and and I can't remember why now, but Sherlock Jr. seemed like such a good film mm-hmm. uh, that I needed to watch. <laughs> so I put it on my list, and yeah, it's just been sitting on my list. Yeah. It's like it's weird when you put things on your list because sometimes, but sometimes I can't remember why I put them there. I mean, I do remember thinking that when I read about this movie that it sounded really good, but mm-hmm. now I've forgotten everything that I read, so that's probably a good thing. Yeah, and it's it's super short. It's like forty five minutes long. So, oh wow! Um, but it's it's going to be good, and I'm so excited to revisit it because yeah. you know last week I kind of asked you before we started. I was like, "Does it have to be films that we both haven't seen?" You were like, "No, I don't think so." Yeah, and I was like, "Thank God," because I've been wanting to rewatch this film, and I've wanted you to watch it for so long. Sweet. So I'm glad that we're doing it. I'm looking forward to it, man. That sounds good. great. Awesome. And silent cinema. I love silent cinema. Yeah. Yeah, our so, first silent film of the show. Yeah, dude. yeah. I wasn't going to start off with like Metropolis that's like three hours and 15 minutes long. Right. I was going to, I'm going to break you into that slowly. We'll get there. Break it down scene by <laughs> scene. It's going to be a nine hour episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I'm not going to go and watch that right now, but I probably am going to go and watch Night of the Living Dead. Zombies. You hate zombies. <sighs> They're my people now. I feel really connected to them, actually. They're very misunderstood. All right. Well, stay alive and come back next week. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.